We're living in a generation where uh, the Word of God is being starved. You don't find the Word of God out there anymore. It's out of your schools. It's out of churches, may I say. Some churches just want to tell stories, as you know. And the saddest fact about it, it is out of homes. It fascinates me. It absolutely is fascinating for me to understand that the one thing that can give people life and hope and future, people don't want to read it. They don't want to listen to it anymore. But you know we do it here, Jared, don't you? In this place, we will come to the Word of the Lord. Now, I've got a lot of scriptures for you today. So if you've got a pen, you want to write them down uh, to go over it again, please do. But I want you to follow this morning as we open up in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. That is our text for today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. I want you to hear what the Word of God says. He says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. Have you noticed he didn't say, by luck or by chance? He says, by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in an act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Just let the word sink in for a minute or two. I don't want to rush it this morning. He didn't say by luck. He didn't, didn't say by chance. God is not a God of luck. God is not a God of chance. He doesn't take a dice and throw it down and say if it's going to fall on the number six, then everybody should know it's right. He doesn't work that way. Abram is called the father of faith. And here we see what he was operating in, and that is faith. I want to ask you this morning, just right off, by what are you operating in this world? Because we're living in a faithless world. Look around you. Are we living in a world that's operating in faith? Are we? Come on, I'm asking you a question. Because if we are operating in a world living by faith, we won't see what's going on right now. I mean, we're shooting stuff into the space to go and see what's happening on Mars, which is fine. You know, we want to see. I'm in, in, you know, curious to see what's going on. When I was a young boy and I could see my dad's home and he had a high roof, those roofs that goes up to, to the top, you know, I climbed up into our uh, trees and got onto the roof. My mom and dad said, don't do that. But I got up to the, to the tallest point and I looked over the neighborhood. Why did I do that? Because I'm curious. Nothing wrong with curiosity. But you know why they shoot it out there? Because they want to see if there's life out there. Isn't that right? Is there life out there? Now, if they read the Word of God, if they read the Bible and believe it by faith, they would know there's no life out there. This is it. This is what God has made this planet we are living on. That's a separate message, and I'm not going to go off trans in here, okay? 
But it says it right here that by faith Abram operated and we're living in a world. And, and, and let me just say that I believe that we're living in some Christian churches and some Christians who call them children of God who's not operating in faith. They operate in luck. You know, you can find it when you talk to them and say, oh, I was so lucky, so, so lucky that when this happened, there was somebody there, or, or I was so lucky just at the right time and the right place. No, no, if you were a child of God, it doesn't happen by luck. You need to operate and believe by faith that things are happening in your life, and you start operating in that. Look at this man, Abraham. He says he was tested. Can you see that? He was tested by God. It is a fascinating word, that, because it means that God looked at the quantity and the quality of him as a person and how he was going to react in that circumstance. Think of this now. It says it right here that Isaac was his offspring through whom his generations will be born. He was the promised son to him. Remember when God appeared to him and said, you will get a son at your old age. And now God comes to him and he says to him, I want you to kill that boy. I want you to kill that son. Kill your posterity, your future. That was a test. And you see so many times you and I go through tests as children of God, don't we? Or are you living in a bubble, in, in a cocoon? Do you get tests in your life? Of course we do. I mean, I'm going to walk into next week and there's so many tests that come my way. And, and so many times, you know, we, we sit there and we cry out to God and we say, Why? Isn't that right? Why is this happening to me? And this morning I want to tell you that a lot of those tests is to, to see how you're going to react. How are you going to react? Now, it's not for God to see how you're going to react. Because he knows how you're going to react. Who knows that God knows everything? Who knows that? He's omniscient. That's what the word means. He knows everything. He even knows what you're going to do next week. And what you're going to think. And where you're going to be two, three, four months from now. He knows it. So why does God allow these tests in your life? It is for you to see how you react. And this is how you grow. By faith and in the spirit. I want to talk to you today about this. Uh, you know, it's so fascinating if you see that Abram operated in faith and that he believed that even if he would kill his offspring, look at this, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. Now, here is a fascinating study for those of you who want to study the Bible. If you look at the place which God chose, listen, listen, when you look at the place where God chose for Abram to offer Isaac, it is the exact place where the cross of Christ was so many years later. The exact place. That is a wow moment, isn't it? And God meticulously found that place. I find it even more fascinating if you read these words that God was even able to raise him from the dead. At that place where Jesus died at Golgotha, at, at Calvary, at that place he died. And who did he raise? God raised Jesus from the dead. Never read the Bible just as a book. Everything is connected. And it's like a treasure cove. If you open it up, more treasures of God comes out. 
Now, he operated by faith and he believed that God would even raise him from the dead. So I want to talk to you today about by faith. By faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a, is a chapter all about faith. You find faith, by faith, repeated 18 times in that chapter. And I, I implore you to go this afternoon and read through that chapter. Read through it. And read every time when he says by faith and what happens. I've summarized it for you, just a few, because it applies to us. By faith, Noah saw judgment coming. You remember Noah? What did he build? A canoe. Did he build a canoe? No, what did he build? An ark. And it was a strange thing to happen in those days. Think for yourself. Here is a man who got a word from God because God said judgment is coming upon the face of the earth. And while he's building this ark, people comes around and they mock him. And they, they show the face and the lip to him. And he preached to them and he says, be careful, there's a judgment coming. Brothers and sisters, we're in the same place as Noah was. It says it will be like in the days of Noah. It is like in the days of Noah. Look around you. Wake up. I mean, Hebrews chapter 9, 27, And as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this comes judgment. We know about this judgment coming. And we warn people about the judgment coming. Do you think they would listen, Glenn? Do they listen? Some listen. You see, not all listen. They mock. I mean, Glenn is out on the streets preaching the gospel every day, singing gospel songs. Ask him. Ask him what the world is all about. But you know it. Noah saw judgment coming by faith. Not only that, but by faith, Abraham saw a future city. He saw a city, and he looked forward to that city. Are you looking forward to the new Jerusalem? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, and by the way, next week I'm going to start preaching the first uh, four chapters of Revelation. I will start with the churches, and we will look at that because I believe it is applicable to our times that we are living in the churches. But here we find Revelation 3, 12. He says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write on him a name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. How did he see it? He saw the new city by faith. Let me ask you, can you see the new city by faith? I implore you this week to go to your workplace and start talking about the new city. They will look at you as if you're crazy. But by faith, can you see the new city already? No, you can't with your physical eyes. But by faith we believe that. And by faith Joseph saw the exodus from Egypt. It's all there in Hebrews chapter 11. But we also saw that, don't we? Egypt represents sin. And by faith we walk out of sin. Faith in God. And by faith Moses saw God. Are you seeing God this morning? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. I love this chapter. He says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see Him, yet believing you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory. Operating by faith. 
I can tell you over the 25 years that I've been pastoring and ministering churches, there are many, many occasions that I can look back now and I can tell you by faith how that God provided for us, for His children. I read the story about a a church, and now I don't know whether it's true, but it was a, a story that I've read about this pastor who got money that they inherited from one of the members. He said when he passed away, all his inheritance come to the church for a new building, and they started building this building, and they finished it. And then the inspectors came around. It was just back into a mountain, and there was a small heap there, not, not a big mountain as it leads up to the mountain. And uh, the inspector came there, and he says, you guys can't open the church because the car park is not big enough for the people you want to bring into this place. And they, they sat around, you know, and they go, what do we do? We want to open up, but it's going to be so expensive. They spent all the money in the building and on that small little car park. They haven't got money to do this. So the pastor called them out. He said, next Sunday, after 3 o'clock, we're going to have a prayer meeting about the car park. And the people came, and they said 20, 25 people came, and they prayed for three hours, three hours for the car park. And after three hours, the pastor stood up, and he said, that's it. We will open up in two weeks, and the car park will be built. Now that takes faith. And he walked away, and you know, people went away. I wondered if, if you would have turned up for that prayer meeting. Or you would have said, wait a minute, you know, let's move a mountain. In fact, it says that they said the, the prayer is going to be about moving the mountain. How do you move a mountain, Philip? How do you move a mountain these days? Well, by prayer, the Bible says, and they prayed for it, and uh, he went away. The next morning, he says, he's in his study, and there's a knock on the door, and a man walks in with a high visible vest. You can see this is a man who works with his hands, and he says, Pastor, you know, we are building a, a, a project a few miles from here, and we need dirt. And we see at the back of your church, there's a big dirt pile there. Can we buy that off you? Can we buy it? And, and by the way, we will take it away for you. We will buy it, and we will put some, some uh, cement in there, and we will pave the whole place for you. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is it to operate in faith, to know that God you know, he comes, he's, a, he's the rewarder, he's the one, he's yes, he's yes, and he's no, he's no, but he rewards his promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I want you to look at this verse. He says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Let me ask you the question. Do you believe that? That Jesus Christ is in you? Do you honestly believe that? This is what Paul asked that church there in Corinth. But before he comes to that, he says to them, examine yourself. You see, this is not a point where the pastor examines you. You need to look at yourself, at your own life. The word examine there, it comes from the Greek word perazo, which means to look at your behavior. If you call yourself a child of God, look at your behavior and look at your behavior to see whether you operate in faith. Is your behavior showing your faith? 
But then he says, test yourself. And one would think it's the same meaning, isn't it? Examine and test. It's the same meaning in English, or sort of the same meaning. But if you go to Greek, it uses the word dokimazo, which means to see whether it's genuine or not. The idea here is, is that you take metal like, like silver and like gold, and you put it in a pot and you heat it up. You heat it up. And you keep on heating it up. And what will happen? What comes to the top? The infirmities, the dross, the bad stuff comes to the top. And then they scoop it off and they increase the heat. And the metal is now liquid. And they keep on until they, you know, the dross comes off and they keep heating it up until it is so pure. This is what it is. This is what he says we need to do. You know, when tests come your way, when you are tested outside and things happen in your life and circumstances which you don't like, maybe it should be heated up a little bit more. You say to me, preacher, don't go there. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I've been through. But look at them as a test of faith. So he says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know in yourself that Jesus Christ... Now, we, we know we need to test this faith. Why? Because we are saved by this faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of work, lest anyone should boast. He says we are saved by grace. What is grace? We got something we didn't deserve. What was that? Life. Freedom. You have been saved through what? Through faith. So we operate in faith. So that we can say by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, he says, But without faith it is impossible to please him who he becomes, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith is important, isn't it? It's very important. He says, on the one hand, that by faith we were saved, by grace through faith we were saved, and now he says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And you and I were born, I mean, you, you said about it, Glenn, this morning, the purpose. What is the purpose of man? The purpose of man is to worship God, to please God. That's the purpose of you and me. That's why we were born. And here you were sitting this morning and thinking is to have a great life or to, to grow up, to have a wife or a husband, to have children, to have a rich life after that. I mean rich in family and everything and everything is going well. And that is what you thought it was? No. You were created to please God, to worship Him. And now the Word of God says without faith it is impossible to do that. So faith is important. So let me ask you, what is faith then? What is faith? We find this definition in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. He uses the word substance there. Three words stands out for me. Substance. This is matter. This is substance. This Bible is substance. It's matter. You can touch it. Now, the writer of Hebrews says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
It means to stand under or to support something. It is the foundation that a house is built on. If your house hasn't got a good foundation, it will crack, it will fall down. The substance is, faith is the substance of every child of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, my brother and sister, you are just coming to a club or to a gathering. You've got to have faith in God. And then he says, it is the evidence. Look at this word here, the evidence. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. What is evidence? It's things that you see. Look at this. The word evidence means conviction. This is an inwards conviction from God that what He has promised, He will perform. He said to Abraham, He said, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And that is through Him many nations will come. And then He tells, his, he tells Abraham, He says, I want you to kill that son. And Abraham immediately reacted. He didn't have a conversation with God and says, but wait a minute, God. You remember when you said to me that he will be my future, many nations will be. Look at him, he's in the prime of his life. Now you want me to kill him. But by faith he took him. He was believing that God would raise him even from the dead. That was the foundation. The faith in God was his foundation. Not the fact that Isaac will give him the nations or his future. And then the third word here, which is really good for me, is the word testimony. You see, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. The word testimony there was really interesting if you're going to the Greek, because it comes from the root word martyr. And what is a martyr? A martyr is somebody who dies for a cause. He says here that the substance this foundation and the inward evidence, the conviction of faith, by that the elders obtained a good testimony, a good report. Now why am I going down this verse? Because this verse is applying to us. We need to have faith as our substance, the evidence, the conviction in your hearts, and that will give us a good testimony. That is what it will give. Now, how do we get this faith? That's a good question. Romans chapter 10, verse 16. He says, By, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has obeyed and believed our report? So then, so then, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Hearing by the Word of God. No wonder the world is not operating in faith. Do you think the world is reading the Word? No wonder that some Christians aren't operating in faith because they're not reading the Word. You know, I, I told you so many times, I've got my journal then, and in the mornings I pray and you know, I write down questions there, but I can't find myself in my time in the morning spending it with the Lord that I'm not going to the Word of God. Because when I sit down and I speak to God and I pour out my heart to Him and these questions that I come up in my mind and I write them in my journal and if I pray for you in this church, I write your names. Yes, you're right. Your name is in my journal there. And if I pray over your circumstance and everything you're going through, I'm pouring my heart out to God by faith. By faith. You say, 
Look, if I can just peek into your little office there, what am I going to see? I'm going to see a man sitting there and just bubbling and talking, and I do it out loud, and I do it sometimes softly. You're going to say, this man, what is he doing? He's wasting time there. No, no. By faith, I believe I speak to the living God. This, this is my life. Every morning I sit with him, and I speak with him. But you know what is a good conversation in a conversation there's somebody who talks and somebody who listens and when i talk who listens you say oh you're speaking to the ceiling and everything and i say yes brother and sister if only the walls in my office could speak this morning for me if only this Bible can speak when it lies open on my desk and I speak over the pages of it and I pray over the pages of it. If only this Bible can stand up here and you don't have to listen to my voice, but you listen to the Spirit of God. If only by faith I sit there every morning and speak into space because I know there is an ear who hear. You look skeptical. It's not on the screen there, but let me show you a verse here. Psalm, oh, 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 um, Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah 59. I want you to listen to this verse, my brother and sister. Because if you have never read this verse, it might change your life. Isaiah 59, the prophet of the Lord says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened to help. How many times have you cried out to God and say, Help me, Lord? Is it only once? Have you ever cried that cry? I mean... Have you been in trouble and you, and you ask anybody around you to help you, but never come to God who is the only one who can help you and cry out to Him? If you've never cried out to Him, I ask you to do that, okay? Because the word of the Lord says that His hand, listen to this, behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. And then He says this verse, these words, nor is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. What does that verse tell you? You know what it tells me? That all those mornings that I sit in my study and I cry out to him, he knows. And he hears. He listens. He listens to me. Now that's the positive way of that verse. There is a negative part of that verse. It's in verse 2. And in verse 2 it says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins has hidden His face from you. So the problem here, my dear friend, is not with God. Where's the problem? It's with you. I've heard so many times people say, but preacher, I pray, and I don't know if my faith is strong enough 
to believe that when I pray, my praise goes through the ceiling. I mean, look at the ceiling. It's a really big ceiling, man. It's, it just bounces off sound. I'm here to tell you this morning that he hears. And here is the fascinating thing about it. He speaks back to you. Okay? Now, he's not... I'm not into those things where you're going to hear a little birdie all of a sudden jumping outside your window and these chips that chirps that he make or he sings a song and you go, in the song of the little birdie, God spoke to me. I'm not going to tell you that. You can find that in another place. I'm not going to tell you that all of a sudden a dog barked and you know, it was like a morse goat that God all of a sudden opened up in your mind and woof, 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 and then you, know, you build up a story and oh, God spoke to me. Those are all signs of life. That's all it is. It's all signs of a blessing of life. The birds wake up in the morning and you know what they do? They sing a joyful noise to God. That's how it sounds to me. The dog barks because that's the way that God made him to, to get attention. Sometimes it barks angry like a lot of people do. Sometimes it barks just to get your attention. But the dog barks because God made him like that. But for you and me, he made us intelligent beings. And you know what? He communicates with us intelligently. Are you with me here? I don't have to become funny and look at strange things to happen. You know, it's not all about the blue moon or the, the blood moon. Or all of It's not about that. Rub that all away. God speaks to you and me intelligently because we are intelligent beings made better. or made, We're not animals. We're made more. We're in the image and the likeness of God. How wonderful is that? The verse says, his ear is there to hear. His hand is there to help. We speak to him like I do. But like I said, it's a conversation. I do this by faith. And now, the fascinating about it is, when I finish writing and I speak, and I start reading the Word of God, I read the Logos. You know what Logos is? The written word. John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning was Logos, the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Who is that word? Who is that Logos referring to? Jesus. But when he speaks, the Greek word that's used there is rima. Rima means there is life to the word. It is dead pages until you read them. And when you sit there and God, this is com communication, this conversation, I pray to God, I pour out my heart to Him, I speak to Him by faith, I believe that He hears everything that I say to Him. You say, give me a scripture verse, give, give, show me something here, preacher, to hold on to, because I want to hold on to by faith. If I'm going to give you the words of God right now out of His Word, will you believe me? Will you believe me? If I'm going to show you a scripture verse now that shows that he hears your prayers, will you believe me? Okay. You said it, not me. 1 John chapter 5. Let's go there. 1 John chapter 5. I just believe the Lord is just taking the sermon in a, in a, in a different direction. But praise the Lord, I'm trusting Him. Look at this. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 
Now, who believes that the whole Bible is the Word of God? Who believes that? The whole Bible is the Word of God because he says it there. He says it in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16. He says, For the Scriptures is an inspiration by God, is good for reproof, correction, and instruction, so that the man of God can be perfectly uh, before God. That's what it says there. Paraphrase in my, in my words. So if I read you these words now, take this as God speaking to you through the Word of God. If you say to me this morning, does he hear my prayers? 1 John chapter 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. What is confidence? Other than faith. Yes? If I say to you, I've got confidence in you, what am I telling you? I've got faith in you. I've got confidence that you said to me that tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock, you're going to pick me up. I've got faith that you're going to, have you already done it? No. But my hope, listen to this now, hope is the reward for faith. Whenever you read through the Bible, hope is behind and after faith. I hope that you're going to come tomorrow. No, no. I have faith in you that you will come tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And here we find this word. He says, now, this is the confidence that we have in who? In Him. Who's the object here? Jesus. It's God. That if we ask anything according to His will, what happens? What happens? He hears us. Isaiah 59. His ear is not heavy. I know what happens sometimes when we speak to each other. I know what happens. Husbands and wives. Here is the wife pouring her heart out. Husband comes back from work on a, on, a, on a day and she just wants to tell him everything and she pours and she speaks to him. But his ear is heavy. Do you know what I'm talking about? His ear is heavy. Vice versa. Husband comes in, he's so excited. and I've got to tell you something. But the wife's ear is heavy. She hears, but she's not listening. Here is a different story here. He says here that if we have faith in Him and ask anything according to His will, He hears us. He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for. Now, I've asked you beforehand, if I'm going to tell you this morning that God hears your prayers, will you believe me? That is it. Whenever you sit and pray again in this this feeling comes over you because it's only a feeling. I wonder if God's hearing me. You need to start quoting Scripture and start believing by faith in the Word of God. When that happens, when you sit around and you pray and you go, I wonder if God hears me. Open your Bible to this. I hope by now you've marked it in your Bible. And this is why I say, I actually want to move away from putting the Scriptures on the screen. I want you to bring your Bible to church because that is your sword. That is what you go into the life with. Not only your Bible in there, but in here. In here. 
So that when you come to these circumstances, what do you do? You bring the Word of God out. Now, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm on a long spin here, but I'm sitting there in my study. I, I pour my heart out to God. I pray to God, and I believe this verse with everything in my heart, that even if I pray over your life, whether you want to go to Queensland or not, I pray and ask God for that in your life. And you know what He does, brother? He comes back and He speaks to me. He speaks to me. And I'm sitting there and I go to me. Think for yourself. There is way more important people in this, on this planet than me. Way more. Come on, let's face it. When I was younger, and I'm still young, don't you come and tell me I'm not, okay? Don't let my beard deceive you, okay? I'm still young. But when I was younger, her, her, younger, and blood was pumping through my veins, I thought I was the center point of the whole universe. Who, who was there with me? <laughs> and as you grow older, you realize, hey, that ain't so. <laughs> this is a big world. A big, big world. But here I'm sitting, brother and sister, and I'm, I'm coming back to our theme by faith, and, and I will complete this next week, if God willing. I said I'm going to preach in Revelation, but the Lord has taken an interesting way to, to bring, to, he's talking to somebody here, even if it's just me, but here is the amazing thing, brother and sister, that I'm sitting there and I think, I'm not that important yet. Listen now to this. Listen. Open your ears and listen now that the creator of the universe, who outshines him? Can you name one person on the face of this earth that outshines God? Can you? That he has got so much interest in my prayer that he comes and he visits me. There's even a more fascinating thing that I just said to you there. doesn't matter who you are, which family you come from. It just doesn't happen to me. It happens to you. It happened to Abraham, Isaac, Noah, every man of faith. And I'm by far not putting myself on their plane. I want to make a point here. By faith, we need to operate in this life. You see, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But we don't, do we? We want to see before we believe. That's how we operate. It takes something to move into a place where you go, I want to I wanna do that. And this brings us back to what, what Paul says here. Paul says here that faith cometh by hearing. And it's not just by once on a Sunday. You, you know, how, how long have we preached in this place? Five years going now. And every Sunday we come here, and how many times have you heard me saying, read your Bible People, read your Bible. It, they, listen, moms and dads, grandpas, grandmas, whoever you are, hear my heart today. There's no generations coming who doesn't know God. They're already here. I've been preaching 25 years ago about a lost generation. It's no longer a lost generation. It is lost generations. Your children is not going to hear the Bible in schools. Your children is not only going to hear... I mean, my wife's sitting in the next room there, 
And every Sunday for an hour, she teaches your children the Word of God. That's, for some people, that's the only place where they'll find it, because moms and dads don't sit with their children and read the Bible anymore. And that becomes so more important. By faith, we have to believe that ever we keep on reading the Word of God, that our faith will build. Our faith will build. Now, what kind of faith is this? What kind of faith is this? It's a persistent faith. You remember this account of the lady in Luke chapter 18? This widow, the widow went to the unjust, unjust judge and she asked him to come up against her adversaries and he didn't want that, he didn't have a regard for God, but she kept on going every single day until he says, I better look at her case. And Jesus uses that example and he asked this question and i will leave you with this question he asked this question i tell you that he will avenge them speedily he was talking about the judge nevertheless when the son of man comes you know who the son of man is i i told you the son of man is you get the son of god and the son of man it's the same same person different perspectives son of god is the one who came from heaven down to earth whenever you read through your bible and you do a study about the son of god you will see it's connected with coming from heaven to earth that's the son of god who came and lived amongst us son of man on the other hand whenever you study that is the is from the earth up to heaven job cried out and he says who will stand in for me i can't on my own somebody needs to go and stand in there was an high priest for the nation who stood in between the gap but never ever were there somebody who went from earth into heaven who carried us on him there and the only one who could do that is jesus christ he says when the son of man who lived amongst us who came and and imparted faith into us with the logos you know what i said john chapter one when that son of man comes he will will he really find faith on the earth where i'm standing today looking at the world my answer will he find faith no what faith is he talking about He's talking about persistent faith. He's talking about this faith that takes courage, persistence, and action. Courage, persistence, and action. It takes courage. Listen, let me tell you, one of the most difficult things for you as a child of God, as a Christian, it's not coming to church every Sunday. No, for many people it's difficult to get up and come to church. For, for many it is. It's for a lot not reading the Bible. You can read the Bible. Many people do. It's not being a Christian and being persecuted for some. It's not the most difficult thing to do. The most difficult thing for a Christian is to pray. That's one of the most difficult. I, I speak to pastors and I've listened to pastors, for preachers even, for pastors. The most difficult thing is to pray. This is why a few months ago, you, you, you remember I was standing here and I said, we're going we're gonna to do our prayer meeting in front, in, you know, right before church. Right before church. And we did it. You know, we come not in, not in one of the back rooms anymore. We come in here. Half an hour before church, we come in here, we do our prayer meeting because I believe, brothers and sisters, we need prayer now more than ever in our lives. Ever in our lives. I need prayer more. 
and, 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 and I mean, you experience it today coming in as visitors, walking in, and, and it might feel strange. You're walking, you know, into the main auditorium and people are praying. That's a good thing, by the way. That's a good thing. And we, we preach the word. That's a good thing. Prayer. Will he find faith? The persistent kind of faith. You see, there's a few different kind of faiths here, and I'll, I'll finish with this, and, and I'll pray the Lord and ask whether I come back and talk about by faith part two next week, or if we go into Revelation. I'm just going to do what the Lord leads. But you get dead faith. Did you know that? The Bible talks about dead faith, James chapter 2, 17. That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, it's dead. The works, by the way, he's talking here, is works after the cross, not before the cross. Okay, because we find so many people who haven't come to the cross, haven't come to salvation, haven't submitted to God, haven't repented of their sin. Repentance is the biggest part of being born again. Repent of your sin towards God. Before the cross, they do so many works and good works. They give away arms. They help wherever they can. And people say, whoa, that's great. But if you haven't come to the cross, those works means nothing. But then you come to the cross and you get safe and God uses you to do works. That's the works James talks about. And this is why he says that faith without those works is dead. Then you also find the know that it's again in James chapter 2 17 you believe that there is one God you do well even the demons believe and guess what happens they tremble they tremble brothers and sisters let me just say before we pray I've got such a reference for God a fear for him he's not my buddy He's not my chum. Is that, a, is that a phrase that is used in Australia? Chum. <laughs> That's a South African thing, isn't it? He's not my China. That's what they say. In, in. He's not my buddy, buddy, buddy. No, no, he's God. He's not my mate. He's not your mate. And this is important, brothers and sisters. If you look at the, the demons, if you read that passage, they believe in God. I mean, I can preach now and show you places where when Christ came into their midst, they were fearful of that. They said, what are you with us? Our time has not come yet. Please, please let us go into, into the, the pigs. Let's go into the pigs. Yet I find so many people, they want to buddy up with God. Now, then also you get ineffective faith. Ineffective faith and you get saving faith. So this morning... I didn't finish what I had on the board, but I said to you a few weeks ago, I don't want to be controlled by presentations here. Yeah? Is it okay with you guys? I was going to do it anyway. You know I was going to say that. I'm just going to follow God. If I have to follow man, then I'm wasting your time and my time. But I believe God wanted to speak to you this morning. And you know, sometimes I go and I say, Lord, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I was trained to become a pastor, they'd say, oh, you have to have structure. Uh, you know, I believe in the structure of God. Let him speak to you. And if he's spoken to you this morning, how is your faith? Let me ask you the question, how is your faith this morning? We, we read about Abraham and we say, by faith, Abraham, wow. By faith, Noah, yes. By faith, what if, what if we come to you and people talk about you and they say, by faith, Glenn, 
What about that? By faith, Janelle. By faith. What, what will people say? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for, for your word.